Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley, and this is The Lost Episode. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. That's Doctor Who. What was that, Doctor Who? Uh, no, I, it's probably X Files. A bit of both, actually. Now that you say it, I'm just trying to think. What's the theme to Lost? I is there one? I don't know. I've never, I've never watched Lost. Mm. All I know is the end, <laughs> which I, yeah, I feel like there's no point. Anyways, <laughs> so listeners, welcome. This is season seven, episode sixteen, storyteller, original air date February twenty fifth, two thousand and three. However. <laughs> We recorded this episode. We did. A few weeks ago. Sure did. I may have made some colossal mistakes. I mean, I'm not gonna... Your, your computer did things you didn't expect it to do. Had I tested this computer properly? No. Do <laughs> we now have a very special episode to make up for it? Yes. We sure do. We sure do. Do either of us know what the format of this we episode don't. will be? But so, we both have ideas. Which is just fantastic. So we both decided we would come up with three things yep. to talk about. And I did that, and you did too. Yes. But I don't know what your three things are. No. Nor do you know mine. I've got five things. Five things in case you take some of my things. So mine, I don't think are going to be like yours. Question mark. Oh, I hope you don't take some of my things. Maybe I will. Michaela, what's your first thing? Okay. I mean, I feel like it's better if I tell you what all of my things are. Because okay. I've sort of taken the episode as a whole. And I want to look at it as like, like the whole thing in sort of three frames of mind. Oh. Looking at it from like, you know, w with this episode, what it's given us. What does Andrew think of every Everyone else. Mm -hmm. What does Andrew want us to believe and probably trying to convince himself to believe about himself and who Andrew really is? Okay. <laughs> Those are different from my yeah. things. Uh, my things that I can now read off are number one, the sudden amount of introspection displayed by the show. Good, yeah. Starting with this episode about season seven in particular. Number two, Buffy being extraordinarily flippant about a child's death. <laughs> Yeah. And number three, the trio send-off. Because, Michaela, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, we're pouring one out for both Lil J and Warren this episode. So this is particularly interesting. This is very different from anything we've ever done. Because not only do you already know all of the facts about this episode that I told you last time, mm -hmm. but you've seen... <laughs> How many episodes passed this now? Like This was 16 four? and I've seen, yeah, four more. <laughs> yeah. So you have more context, let's say, for this episode than uh, you would normally have. That I do. Yeah, yeah. Michaela. Mostly we wanted to give ourselves like more distance between the last time that we extensively talked about this and now. And like, who fucking knows how long this is going to be? It could be any <laughs> length. I don't know. <laughs> I'll make a prediction right now, just because that seems fun and wrong. Sure. About a half hour. <laughs> that seems super wrong. We like to hear ourselves talk. I don't know if you knew. Quick summary of this episode sure. to start things off, yeah. frame things up, and we might even talk about our pictures somewhere in here. At some point, we probably should at least mention them, but yeah. This is the beach episode of Buffy Season 7, in that not a lot happens that affects the outer plot, but we get some fun quality time with characters, mostly Andrew, who is trying to make a documentary called... Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. <laughs> Most amusingly. 
<laughs> he's trying to rope a bunch of other people into this. No one really wants to be a part of it, or no one wants it to happen until they're asked to be a part of it. Yeah. And then in the end, Buffy seals up the seal of <clears throat> Danzelthar. Danzelthar, thank you. I was yeah, just getting there. Yeah, you had uh, to you had to clear your throat. Cleared my throat yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. Danzelthar <laughs> seals that up with Andrew's tears as he reflects on having killed Jonathan and finally admits to himself that it was a murder that he committed. Yeah. And that's a lot to do as well with what I'm going to talk about of, you know, what does Andrew want us to believe and who is Andrew really? And my conclusion isn't going to be like, Andrew's a murderer who we should kick off this show, but... <laughs> Is he still a murderer? Yes. <laughs> Some might say. Some yes. might, yeah. We've got a few pictures scattered through this. One that really jumps out to me is Nightcap, as I've called it, <laughs> and ineffective as you've called it. You know, we got Buffy doing some slayage at some point in a black cap of stealth. Yeah. Um, Anya's giving us a red alert at some point as Andrew is speaking surprisingly predatorily <laughs> yeah, yeah. towards her, trying to entice her into being in his documentary. Successfully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spice levels off the chart. Arts and Ooh. grapes are both about this imagined spot that Andrew has, and there are many of them in yeah. this episode, where he imagines how people look in the camera. And, you know, we've got Buffy kissing Spike and Anya walking by eating a bunch of grapes very sensually. Sorry, mm. Buffy kissing a shirtless Spike. Almost kissing. They kind of smush their faces together. And sorry, not their mouth faces. They're like forehead to right. nose faces. Yeah. <laughs> It's Because we close. can't give the fans an actual kiss, because why would they keep watching then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of Andrew as well at the beginning. You know, he's in his robe doing his masterpiece theater impersonation. Taking a puff of a pipe and then coughing a lot, yeah. Yeah. I have a picture I've called Sorry Buffy, because I took a pretty unkind still shot I remember of this SMG. Face. Yep. Oh, and then I've got a picture I called Going For It because P. Wood and Spike are in a situation where, you know, they're fighting a bunch of students who have been driven mad by the seal. P. Wood's holding basically a stake and decides he's gonna go for it. And you're like, shit, you do you, man. You try to kill Spike. It's not gonna go great for you in maybe like an episode, but that's okay. <laughs> he goes for it. Doesn't go great for him. One of the most egregious fashion things to happen in this episode is captured in my picture, Perp Anti-Turk. <laughs> Because Don has dressed in the opposite of a turtleneck, which is a low-cut... V-neck. V-neck yeah. purple shirt. It's very purple. Very purple. Yeah. And uh, I, I do believe, just to... Let's just really throw shit off. I do believe that my outfit of the week was Buffy in her glossed-tastic look. So she's super glossed up. She's got these nice earrings. Her hair actually looks pretty good. And mm -hmm. then I don't really remember what the rest of her outfit looked like. But I think she had this white shirt with maybe like a jacket on over top. Yeah. And she just looked better than she has recently. Certainly. Yeah. All right, Michaela, why don't you start us off with your first thing? Right. So what does Andrew think of everyone else? What is this episode telling us? Right. So he's here. These are the good guys. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's start off there. He ge does genuinely think that they are all good. Right. And like, that's part of why he wants to be one of them. Right. He wants to be accepted by Good people. by association. Yeah. But at the same time, he also knows that he can manipulate them all <laughs> and does so with almost no effort. You might and say. And he does it a lot. Yeah. So what does that say? Does that say that he thinks he's smarter than them? Mm. Which is almost certainly true. Yes. <laughs> when he calls Xander the heart and Xander gets visibly flustered. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Andrew is smarter than them and thinks that he is. And you know, they don't show him talking Spike into this, but you can absolutely imagine how that went. You know, like, oh, I guess they, no one will get to see, you know, like the toughest member of the Scooby gang. <laughs> 
when he's talking to Anya and like getting really close to her and talking about how they need a fair and balanced viewpoint. <laughs> And he's like, I can provide balance. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, he's filming Buffy. He's She's fighting the vampires. He's putting her in this very heroic light. When he does this kitchen scene, Buffy looks beautiful. You know, she's pouring the cereal, but it's she's so, she's glowing. He says that she has the face of an angel, I right. think. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean... To go along with Andrew being gay, but like we never really say it. Spike, as you said, shows up shirtless, which is not true. It's not really happening. But of course, in Andrew's like fantasy version of this, that's what's happening. And uh, <laughs> and then I think my last thing is like, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about the potentials. <laughs> this lovely girl, I don't remember her name. And Amanda at one point is in frame and she's excited. It's just before this other thing happens. Yep. She's excited. She's talking about herself, where she's from. And Andrew's like, no, 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 not you. <laughs> yeah. And then he he's, he looks like very, oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and at the same time, you know, he thinks Buffy's this hero. And like, I think he believes that. But then he also leaves the kitchen when she starts to make one of her speeches. <laughs> And that, I think, goes pretty well into your first thing. It does. Yeah. Sudden introspection. <laughs> so yeah, Buffy's been making a lot of speeches. Some would say like a lot, a lot, a lot like of a speeches. Lot. Like we have a speech count. Who knows at Huge. this point? It's big. Double digit probs. And somehow, not even mid-season break, episode <laughs> 16, they're like, wow, Buffy's been giving a lot of speeches. <laughs> the last five to six episodes. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's straining everything in this show. Wait, we just realized that we've been giving her a ton of speeches and suddenly they know and they're <laughs> are they're we able to the writers <laughs> they're able to make fun of it and they're like well that was a silly thing we did and you're like you you were just doing it yeah how did you even realize like kudos for realizing but then you can't congratulate yourself for realizing that you were doing a dumb thing last week can you i think you can do it like to your own show if it was last year last year a couple of years ago you can say oh look how much we've grown we haven't grown that much in like five weeks <laughs> In one week since she gave a bunch of speeches, we haven't grown that much. Yeah. So it just feels like welcome, but also undeserved in that they're saying, <laughs> no, we're in on the joke. And you're like, but you weren't so recently. And you're trying to pretend it was a joke. Yeah. But it's not. It's not because it literally just happened one episode ago. Good thing is from this point on, it mostly is a joke. And you know, they learn yeah. from this. They did flip it completely on its head, but it was undeserved. Yeah. It, they're just, they didn't give it enough time to breathe, I think. Like, have Buffy making this many speeches. Realize that maybe you've annoyed everyone. Give it a couple of episodes, at least. Like, you need some space before you immediately start making fun of the thing you did. <laughs> you really need space. <laughs> Because it's not funny to make fun of it. Well, it kind of is, though. It is funny. It's just, yeah, it's, again, not deserved yeah. and not well-timed. I think it's funny, too, because of how Tom Lank delivers mm -hmm. and the format that they're using for him to deliver it. So it's not just Tom Lank being like, all right, well, Buffy's giving another one of her inspirational speeches. These go on a ways. So let's look at some other stuff while that's happening. Yeah. He also goes back and Willow is visibly bored yeah. by this speech. Yeah. <laughs> Even Willow looks bored and she usually can take a lot of that stuff. Look at her. And you're like, yeah, everyone's bored. We get it. And then it ends by <laughs> Andrew saying, oh, Buffy, stop talking. That usually means she's gone to work. And she has. Yep, she absolutely has. <laughs> yeah, because this is when she's still going to work all the time. I love it because I rewatched this episode yeah. and noticed that, yes, Buffy is going to work, but she also makes Amanda and Dawn stay home. <laughs> 
from school. Which is arguably much more important than the job she does. I hope you guys heard the air quotes there. Her job is useless. Is useless. Well, at this point, I guess P-Wood isn't like fully in the club yet. Mm -hmm. So she still has to hang around there. Just for his sake, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Things are not awkward enough with P-Wood. No. Michaela, do we want to go into a quick segment I think now? this is, a, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, this was a segment that we did <laughs> the last in time. this podcast <laughs> before. And I don't remember a lot of it. Good. But I do know it was called Do It Live. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Interesting. I don't remember this one. You remembered a different one? I did, but I made up a new one that I like better. That's no fine. Offense. No, don't worry about it. Cool. Do it live. <laughs> you don't look like you know what this is about. No, I do. Oh. I know that it was me talking about, hey, we don't like to do these things basically like when close it, to yeah. when we're releasing them. <laughs> right. We'd like to have some sort of a backlog. Like a Why buffer. is that? We talked a little bit about Twitch <laughs> right. and how doing things live or even watching live streaming wasn't super interesting to you. And in retrospect, yeah. having a segment called Do It Live yeah. and then just fucking it up. The irony. Oh, the irony, Michaela. Yeah. And like, that was a very ironic day because that was the same day that you said something or maybe no it was that was a couple weeks after me saying like ha 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 we'll never fuck this up yeah and you getting very paranoid that i was jinxing us right and telling you to like knock on pieces of wood and we did that and it did not work (laughs) you jinxed the absolute shit out of us but it's fine because here we are now you know everything's cool So, by not doing it live, we've allowed ourselves a bit of breathing room to come back to this episode, actually take a look at it, and give another episode of this podcast. Because honestly, if it had been, like, we have a week or two in which to do this, and we had to do this entire episode again, almost immediately after doing it for the first time, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it would have gone well. That night, I was like... Oh fuck, I'm so mad. No, you know what? I'm doing okay. And then I was like, no, actually, I'm I'm pretty upset by having <laughs> lost that episode. Yeah. That was a dumb thing to do. And it's interesting because I can absolutely see how if it had been like my episode that got lost, that I would have felt the exact same way, like at myself. But I really hold no ill will whatsoever towards you. Excellent. As the other person. I'm just like, oh, that's too bad. Like genuinely, that was it. Cool. And I was like, oh, we'll fix it. Yeah. We have lots of time. Here we go. Right? <laughs> By not doing it live. We have lots of time. (laughs) Always have a plan B, a plan C. Come on, listeners. One is none. And don't be like Buffy. Don't be (laughs) like Buffy in that plan A failing causes plan B to fail. (laughs) That entire plan was the worst plan of all time. Worst garbage plan. Absolutely. Okay, Michaela, we have heard how Andrew sees other people. Is this us talking about how Andrew sees himself? How he sees himself or is trying to convince himself of who he is and then at the same time trying to sort of convince everyone else of that like this is the andrew that he wants to present to the world so andrew's andrew is suave yes and we see that right off the bat when he's in his nice coat 
in his masterpiece theater. Right, sorry, a, robe, yes. Yeah, he's in a, a library. There's a roaring fire. He's smoking a pipe. He's gotten lost in a book. <laughs> you know, it was nice to get lost in a book. Yeah. So yeah, he's suave. He's intellectual. He's smarter than other people. Other people look up to him yeah. because we see the trio doing their thing. And <laughs> there's a plan that he references to make Buffy magnetic so that she won't be able to get out of her car. Knives and other sharp things will fly at her. Yeah. And the rest of the trio are like, wow, Andrew, that's so brilliant. And he's wearing like, a, I think we've it's got like a, a James picture Bond of it. suit. He he looks great. They're wearing, you know, the typical Schlubby. outfits that they would have been wearing. And he was actually wearing when he was a part of the trio. And they've got these goggles that they were wearing because they were doing chemistry before mm-hmm. this. Oh, so much accurate chemistry. <laughs> and, and they've just got those on their heads. And, you know, their role in this sort of fantasy scenario is to be like, wait, but like, what if we're wearing belts? Won't we stick to her? And then he's there to be like, in my plan, we are beltless. Right, and he's just, he's super cool. They both look up to him. Adam Bush starts going on about how he's so amazing and handsome. And attractive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's this Andrew who, and this comes through in Tom Lake's performance as well, is confident mm-hmm. and is intelligent. And then it, whenever it cuts back to the like real Andrew, the Andrew who's making this documentary, he just is so much more subdued. And he's got his big board and he's trying to film himself <laughs> in front of the big board. And it's not going great. And it's not, he's stands in front of the word hellmouth so he has to like sort of dodge out of the way to show people the hellmouth on the big board yeah and then you know he's rewriting history at the same time he rewrites this like a lot of like the trio in his mind seems to be like he was in charge they have they have recut the dark willow episode where she's trying to capture jonathan and andrew and he's made it look like oh i was deflecting her spells with my counter spell and you know jonathan's there like eep and jumping behind him for protection and that kind of thing and then when we get to the end of the episode he's got multiple versions of why he killed jonathan and it was you know a sort of an accident basically he pulled out the knife saying i can't kill him with this knife this knife that i'm holding (laughs) and the first as warren's like you have to and then jonathan sees it and gets freaked out and they get into this like mortal combat basically and it's a kill or be killed situation because jonathan has seen the knife he's going to go for the kill so andrew has no choice so it's self-defense it's sort of like a jesse moment yeah (laughs) yeah and then when he tells this to buffy she's like oh that's actually interesting that you would say that i I sort of expected you to say something along those lines because earlier today principal woods threw on the seal and then he got all creepy got really mad about me having sex with spike because i really hate spike he was possessed some unknown reason yeah and (laughs) and then immediately we get a new version of Andrew just full out like white eyes possessed it's clearly not him stabbing Jonathan and then (laughs) oh yeah get out of my brain Yeah. Yeah. And and Buffy immediately calls out, like, that's an entirely different story than the one you just told me. And he's like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's the same. And just, like, to have the audacity to tell the fabricated story of the reason you killed your best friend, and then two seconds later to tell an entirely new story based on information you just got. It's partly audacity, partly Andrew just rejecting the idea that he killed Jonathan. Yeah. And his brain is revising what actually happened to 
to protect him, basically. Yeah. And he seems, <laughs> for like 80, 90% of this episode, that's absolutely the place he's in, where he's not going to be able to admit that to himself. And that's the journey that he's on, which is so much more of a journey than like anyone else has gone on this season, I would say. This episode for Andrew does things that Xander <laughs> has, has never, never gotten. Yeah. It's never done. It's insane. I will also say that Andrew sees Andrew as a passive observer in a lot of this. Yes. Especially as he's doing this documentary thing. He knows, ah, documentarians, they don't get involved. They're here to watch and report what they see. Mm -hmm. But that also ties into him feeling guilt over the murder, right? Yeah. Because being passive, not having agency in that sort of action means that he isn't a murderer. He There was an accident. Whoops. Something bad happened. He couldn't have done it because he's on the sidelines. That's true. And like a lot of the time he phrases it in the sense that he really makes it sound like the first made him do it. Mm -hmm. That the, It was all the first doing the first was behind it and like while the first did give him the tools to do it did a lot of talking at him ultimately that's it's just not true that the first can force you to do something with the power set that it has before we jump into buffy being flippant about a child's death <laughs> yeah as i was re-watching this episode i took a harder look at the flash sequence of things that we are shown uh coming to jonathan and andrew as nightmares mm. in mexico mexico where they have uh the dictionary scenario <laughs> Yeah, because they need to... other such things. Yeah, they need to... Um, Translate the from beneath the yeah, devours. Yeah. They need to starting with your bottom. <laughs> right. So we're shown this nightmare and we're showing them tossing and turning a bit. I had not noticed the presence of the, the cheese, cheese man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I, I guess I forgot to tell you last time that yes, the cheese man makes a brief appearance. It's the cheese man and then like his platter of cheese. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Wait, because there's a bunch of like Turrican stuff. There's a bunch Relevant of the seal opening. Things, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the cheese man. The cheese man's like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, those clever bastards. <laughs> the Cheese Man is as relevant as he was in Restless. It's true. So Some would say more. Some would say more, which is, I mean, we were at zero. He was 0% relevant previously. I'm not sure I would say more. I think he's always just a fun thing, you know? A <laughs> little, little gimme there. Yeah. All right. So Buffy's shown up to work after telling her sister and another potential Slayer to stay home. Yeah. She's going to work because, you know, she does important things. She helps those kids. Those kids are so lucky to have They're her. So lucky. <laughs> those kids are damn lucky. Anyway, yeah. things are not great at the school. No. It's sort of pre-riot when she shows up the first time. It's getting to be, yeah, I would say pre-riot is good. It's on the verge of things going to the total anarchy that we're going to see later. And it's it's all of that hellmouth energy that is normally sort of, I guess, bottled up by the seal. It's been unsealed. And it's like released slowly. You know, there's right, drops the of it coming out. Yeah. And they've all just been breathing it and like it's building up and we've got invisible girl mm -hmm. starting to happen. We've got a girl who was called fat or ugly by the mirror in the yeah. bathroom. We've got a student who is very stressed. Mm. You know, it's probably midterms, finals. Buffy sees this student, talks to him, mm -hmm. tells him that maybe he should consider a foot rub mm -hmm. because that's a good stress reliever. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And that he doesn't really even take that into account because it's kind of a shitty way for her to try to tell him to get less stressed. And Buffy's like, well, job done. I slapped a girl. <laughs> I told a different girl that her problems were fine. She doesn't even respond she doesn't to respond Mirror to the, Girl. Yeah, Mirror Girl, mm -hmm. no. No. Slapped a girl, ignored a girl, and told a guy to get a foot rub. My work here is done. Yep. Let's see how P. Wood's doing. He's had some rocks thrown at him. Yeah, uh, one or two. Only one connected. He's fine. I think three in total. <laughs> 
only one connected. He it's dodged fine. the yeah. other ones. He's very good at dodging. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, she's talking to him. It's all japes. It's all good times. He's asking like, what the fuck is happening? This is more hellmouthy than I expected. And then the window to the office is just showered in comical amounts of gore. Yeah. Brain matter. Blood. It's quite gross. It's quite gross. And Buffy's like, what? <laughs> Should have had that foot rub. <laughs> All right, so they're they're going for hearkening back to season one in tone. It's a bit of a nod to yeah, yeah, like because the season one idea is very much your feelings become reality. Like that's the magic of the Hellmouth is these bad things you think about yourself are real. It's a wacky situation, you know. We're definitely tracking more towards wackiness here, yeah. Even as we're dealing with these serious things, but But... for Buffy to be flippant about a kid's death, a kid that she just had an opportunity to help and did nothing to help and like a lot of the end of this episode then comes back around to her being like i'm not sure that everyone will survive i keep telling everyone in these big long-winded speeches that we'll all make it we'll all survive but i think some of us might die (laughs) and you're like yeah that kid that you let die earlier not only that kid but five other kids are turned into bringers yeah which and i mean we're gonna get to this in a few episodes i guess the show is never clear about are bringers people are they not but it treats them like they're not people in the sense that like they can be killed like demons and no remorse is felt so if we're assuming that once you're a bringer you're no longer a person that's five more people who were essentially killed in this episode that buffy doesn't even consider (laughs) just does not care about yeah so they're like well good thing we're keeping the school open now i i like other things about this school riot business you know the marching band rules graffiti (laughs) in the school and then you see in the background the marching band running around with all of their instruments in the background (laughs) and you're like yeah yeah nice and there's like the marching band swing choir rivalry with amanda (laughs) yeah yeah, and I think there is something like with the marching band rules, like it's like death to the swing choir or something like that. I might be making that up. Who knows? But yeah, like we get to this place where it's just so much more Hellmouth energy than has ever been concentrated, I guess, at the school before that things are complete and utter chaos. But we're treating death so lightly suddenly and suddenly. in certain cases. Yeah. In certain cases, because in a lot of other cases, it's still very serious. And then, I mean, in season one, the many deaths that we had, because it was sort of a death a week almost Mm -hmm. back in the early seasons. You know, Buffy was upset about them, but we didn't ever treat them. Well, we very occasionally treated them very seriously. Right. But a lot of the time it was very much, oh no, there's a monster. Not, oh no, this kid is dead. Right. It's just, oh, look at this. There must be a monster around that we need to deal with. To the research mobile, you know. But like, haven't we come seven years from that? (laughs) We have. Uh, We have. So yeah, it's just all in the same episode of death doesn't matter slash death matters a lot because we, not even because we've named these people, you know? Yeah. They try to make us feel bad for potentials dying later on. Mm -hmm. Not this episode, but in a bit. Yeah. And yeah, like we don't get their names. No. Some of them we do, but a lot of them we don't. And we still are supposed to feel bad for them. But not this poor guy who just wanted to do well in school. Um, Listen, it sounds like the teacher was doing bad things. He moved 
moved a test up three weeks. Yeah. Or some, maybe just one week. But still. And added three chapters to the material that was going to be on the test. Yeah. So, absolutely, this kid was not in a good scenario. No. Yeah. High stress. High stress situation. Yeah. Oh, Buffy. Oh, Buffy. All right, Michaela. This sounds like a good place for our second segment. Lay it on me. All right. This is our segment, Hero of the Week. Stand back, everyone. Nothing here to see. Just in and a danger in the middle of it, me. Yes, Captain Hammer's here, hair blowing in the breeze. The day needs my saving expertise. Oh. Is this more or less exactly what it sounds like? This is a hero of yours this week, a hero you read about this week. Anything you want, really. If you want me to go first. Yes, please. Okay. My hero of the week is myself. Now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Of the two of us, this is not who I expected to do that. I was like really worried you would go first and steal it from me. And then I'd have to like fight you for why I was more of a hero this week. But that's fine. Now, go on. This week, you and I went to a Buffy pub trivia night. Fuck yeah, I love this segment. All right. <laughs> and you are the hero, it's true. And I am the hero because of my encyclopedic knowledge of actors' names. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a walking computer. <laughs> The first category was very much about, yeah, names of actors who've been on this show, that sort of thing. I knew a lot of them. I knew half of one of them, (laughs) and it was Joel Grey, who we talked about a lot. Yeah, you knew it was called Joel. Joel. Which is strange. I think I would have gotten to Jay Grey eventually. Right, because I feel like I did sort of start to just call him that all the time. Yeah. You did get Gage. That's true. Prison Break. Prison Break from, uh, no, Go Fish. Go Fish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But am I saying that we wouldn't have won if I wasn't there? Yeah, I'm absolutely saying that. A hundred percent. I would have done disastrously without you there. <laughs> and I would that's have had I'm no the choice. Hero of the week. And that's why we won a class protector award. We did win an adorable <laughs> class protector award. <laughs> Made by the people that put on the trivia. That was all very delightful. Why don't we have a picture of the class protector yeah. award up with this episode? Let's you know? do it. Michaela, my hero of the week is Tormund Giantsbane. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, I guess sports. Spoilers. Spoilers. For Game of Thrones Season 8 Episode 2. 2. Yeah. yeah. Which is old news by the time this comes out. That's true, actually. He's got a delightful story. I won't even spoil things. You yeah, know? okay. You yeah. can just talk broadly about it. Yeah. He's got a delightful story. I guess spoiler alert that he's still alive as of that time. That's true. Yeah. But he's just such good value. And <laughs> fuck, when he comes into Winterfell and he's like, where's the big woman? <laughs> Is the big woman still here? Is the big woman still here? Yeah. (laughs) And you're just like, this is everything everyone wants from you. Thank you for giving it to us. Right? For a show that has jerked us around a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of like taking away what we want or dangling it in front of us. Click game bowl. (laughs) That can still happen. Don't you tell me there's not going to be a click game bowl. I'm I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're drawing it out. (laughs) Torment is everything, everything I want and more. (laughs) It's true. The and more is so true. It's so upsetting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the things that he says. Yeah. He's a great, great character. And he's 
just it's it's like this genuineness mm -hmm. from him that's that's why he's so great because like yes he's saying these ridiculous things a lot of the time and he's sort of like a larger than life comedic relief yeah a lot of the time but like behind it you feel that yeah he genuinely wants to make gigantic babies with Brienne you know and because it would of that, be very large it'd be so large and because of that he genuinely just like wants her to be happy yeah he cares about her yeah <laughs> I'll also say and clarify that this is Tormund from the show because Tormund from the books is dead. Sure. I think. I don't care. No. Like, I don't think I ever cared about Tormund from the books. No. Yeah. He was not nearly as interesting as Tormund from the show. I think, yeah, the, the focus in the books was very much John goes to meet the wildlings and like Egret is there. Yeah. And then that's what the story is there. Less so the other wildlings that he meets. Yeah. Mance Raider's cool. I guess. But yeah. He, he's dead, right? I don't even know. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> is anyone really dead? What is dead can never die. That's true. But rises again. There are zombies. Harder and stronger. But like once you stick a, a zombie with some dragon glass, then it's like dead, dead, I think. Uh, so what you're saying is what is dead can die? I think so. And doesn't rise again? Yeah. Mm, thumbs down, birds up. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Out of oh, order boy. reference. Oh, All right. That's confusing. All right. So then we come to who Andrew really is. So I think we, we touched on this a little bit already. Yeah, he's not the suave masterpiece theater guy. He is the bad at zooming in on the big board guy. You know, like, but at the same time, he's also coming off, like, as himself, as being kind of sweet, I would say, in this episode. Mm -hmm. You know, he comes across Willow and Kennedy making out, and I, the, the gag is that he's he's like, oh, this is interesting. And you think he's going to talk about, you know, girls kissing or whatever. But instead, he zooms in on the sash handiwork that Xander has done to put the window back together for the 16th time, probably. And he's like, fuck it, that craftsmanship. It's beautiful. He also has the ambush of, <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely an ambush, of Xander and Anya, forcing them to talk about their relationship. Something that they haven't done in the year to this day. Yep. that Xander left Anya at the altar. I really feel like we're getting somewhere here. <laughs> yeah, so he ambushes them and then gets this this stuff out of them, gets it on film, and then is watching it back later. He's watched it back enough that he can speak the lines along with it. But he's Anya yeah. in the lines, which is very funny. But it also sort of speaks to him wanting to be accepted by these people mm -hmm. and him just like wanting love in general, right? Because he's kind of alone in the world ever since that time that he killed his best friend whoops whoops did he really kill him though yeah and then we get some flashbacks that are a lot more accurate to what really happened because they're using this fancy stone thing mm -hmm. and will is doing a spell to try to make him remember exactly what the first said about this special knife etc etc and it's very much like you know it's, it's showing him and jonathan and they seem to be doing fine in mexico but the first is always there when jonathan leaves mm -hmm. and andrew is being seduced by the first partially because it looks like warren and like part of that is definitely that he has no closure from warren's death right yeah because warren jetpacked away and, and then that was, was the last... caught by dark willow yeah. and killed and then andrew and jonathan were just told yeah so like at no point did he 
have any opportunity to, I mean, even like confirm that it was true, first of all, or like there was no funeral. There was no, he grieved this thing. So he, part of him does want to believe that it's Warren, right? Yeah. And like believe when the first tells him that killing this Jonathan. This was part of Warren's plan yeah, all along. And killing Jonathan will let them live as gods. Yeah. As gods. <laughs> yeah. And so you can see why he maybe wants to believe all of that. But then when we get right down to it, he, he knew it wasn't true. And he knew that he just wanted to believe it. But he let himself believe it. And then he let himself kill Jonathan. May I use some of my most premium business speak Ooh, for a moment? Yes. Andrew is someone who really needs to take ownership. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And this episode chronicles part of his journey towards being an individual who really takes the initiative, uh, takes responsibility for his own actions. Good. Uh, yeah. Is passionate about what he's doing. <laughs> this is all great. Yeah. My next self-evaluation. I'm going to write all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew becomes a real straight shooter with upper middle management written all over him. <laughs> Honestly, he make great upper middle management he manipulates everyone yeah <laughs> to do things they don't want to he would not have to do much work yeah <laughs> uh yes so andrew is someone that i quite like i'm very impressed that andrew had this sort of tenure on the show the staying power the staying power yeah. which is partly tom lank and partly the writers giving him stuff to do yes Yes. It really has to be both. And yes, I'm sure he was uh, a fan favorite or at least a writer's room favorite. Mm -hmm. And people were like, hey, we can have you on more of this show. Yeah. But then it still needs to have the writers buy in, which, ah, oh, poor Nicholas Brendan. It, yeah. Because I think that later in the season, especially, Andrew really finds his groove of just being this irreverent background character who's doing silly things, who's not too interested in like... Like walking through scenes <laughs> yeah. or into a scene grabbing a snack and then walking out just doing things that are totally separate from everyone else everyone's ignoring him he doesn't really care and it really lightens things in a way where yeah like it's not that everyone in the house is all doom and gloom and everything is the worst because the world's gonna end all the time and that is the sort of role that Xander should be in but as we've said everyone's taking pieces of what Xander should be doing mm -hmm. and it leaves nothing for Xander Yep. Yeah. So this episode marks the trio send-off. Yes. We are saying goodbye to Lil J and Warren. Uh, long have they served us and done a great job. Surprisingly long. Surprisingly long. Them as well. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, them, <laughs> they had so much to do this season that I did not see coming. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I am so happy that they get their Imagine spots. So yeah. the living as gods where they're prancing around <laughs> in this hyper-saturated field with these flowers and the unicorn. The unicorn. Oh. galloping through in the background somebody's got a harp the, warren's got the harp <laughs> jonathan's got his like urn of uh of wine oh yeah yeah uh, or amphora maybe and mm. glass and andrew has something like else a pan flute and, someone's got yes, a pan flute someone's got a pan yeah. flute yeah absolutely fantastic the imagine spot where they're doing the science you know yes. and it's, it's the so magnetism good. that's fantastic everything about mexico that we are shown in this yeah. episode is also a lot of fun it's, it's little jay's shy bladder <laughs> jonathan you okay in there 
Don't talk to me. I'm fine. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So good job, Trio, for, yeah, just being characters with more than expected staying power. Yeah. And, like, Jonathan and Andrew just are so much less evil without Warren around. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to think to do evil things without Warren. I guess, technically, there was that time that Jonathan did that spell where he lied to everyone and made them think he was great. Yeah. But his base intent wasn't to hurt people. No, he didn't want to hurt anyone with that. Right? He just wanted them to like him. Mm -hmm. Which is misguided, but I don't think is evil inherently. No. Yeah. I liked them a lot better as non-villains so than better. as villains. Yeah. When they were the, not the central villain, because again, life was the central <laughs> villain of oh, season I wish, six. I wish everyone could have seen your face when you said that. Oh, it was very good. <laughs> but now that they are here and doing their fun thing. Yeah. And constantly referencing season six and, you know, how much they've come from that. <laughs> yeah. So much more fun. So much more fun. And we'll miss them. We will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andrew will still be here. We'll miss That's the true. other two. Yeah. I, and there aren't that many episodes left in the season. Fair enough. Yep. Michaela, I think that's about our episode. Did you have a third thing? Yeah. Trio send off. Oh, oh, that was such a good segue. I didn't even notice it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> you've just been episode out over, I guess. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Now I'm the hero of the week. Fuck. Oh, well, I had a good, like, five days or whatever. Yeah. God, you're so good at trivia. <laughs> I just retain so little information. So little concrete information. Yeah. Oh, I know a variety of things. I think I, I do pretty well on, like, episode titles. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of it is just... I mean, I have advantages, right? You do. You've I have, seen a lot of like, it. an advantage of years of it just being inundated with it and then having seen it multiple times. I will say that season like maybe four onwards when I started reading the wiki more often I think I had a lot easier time with sort of extra things mm. from that stuff retaining yeah yeah whereas like when I wasn't reading the wiki I think those were weaker for me for sure and I have the advantage of being able to do that because you really can't because God knows there's gonna be spoilers now I basically can yeah yeah oh, did I get some things spoiled for me in <laughs> trivia you bet your ass I did yeah we're thinking oh there's literally two, two episodes, episodes left what are the odds what are the odds i mean we didn't expect there to be so many questions yeah there, there were like over a hundred yeah, questions yeah like a lot of questions it went for like three hours oh it was we're so long so, we're so old it was really late it's it 11 o'clock anyway <laughs> next episode what we got coming up i <sighs> Wait, no, this episode, was it good? Oh, yeah, we both had a phenomenal time, I would say. Phenomenal time. Who yeah. won it? I think we decided Andrew did. Andrew, yeah. He comes a, on a long journey, but... And he doesn't get stabbed. Doesn't get stabbed. He just gets to cry it out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the seal is all sealed up again, you know? So, yeah, like, basically, the thing he did was he came here and killed Jonathan to open the seal, which is very bad because it let all this, you know, this energy out, and... Because the seal is the access to the hellmouth yeah. suddenly? Yeah. Who knows? So, and like Buffy makes it sound very much like the seal wants blood. The person who opened it has to close it. Turns out seal wants tears because this idea that the person who opened it would be remorseful is unlikely, right? Mm -hmm. But Andrew gets to a place where he is truly remorseful because he is truly allowing himself to admit that he did it, which up to this point he could do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have a best outfit? I think it was Glossastic. Yeah, Glossastic. Um, Teeks. Who's on Teeks? Oh, I'm on Teeks. Michaela. Yeah. There is a Teeks review for this episode which there wasn't before there was not a teeth review before very imdb reviews fucked <laughs> up a lot of them disappeared and now they seem to have been restored yes, what yes. do you think this episode review is called uh, 
the one with Andrew filming everyone. The one with the Buffy documentary. Pretty close. Thumbs down. Pretty close. Thumbs down. Fuck. <laughs> yes, you read that right. A Buffy documentary, comma, courtesy of Andrew. I love this episode, comma. It's just so fun to see Andrew making a documentary about Buffy and all other adventures. In this episode, Andrew creates a very special documentary. Okay, third time you've used the word fourth. Fourth <laughs> with the title. Yeah, fourth time you've used the word documentary in four sentences. Delightful. A very special documentary called Buffy. Slayer of the Vampires, <laughs> which I think is just hilarious. He does this to record the current situation in Sunnydale that everyone is focusing on, the trouble with the first. He thinks it would be a good idea to have some sort of documentation to prove what Buffy did and how she saved the world. But, comma, doing this comes with a price, comma, it annoys the crap out of everyone. <laughs> Fun fact, I have my doubts. Fun fact, the episode was centered around Andrew as a way to make a possible Andrew spin-off that didn't happen. <laughs> what? No! 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 Right? No. That's not true. No! no. That's insane! No! No! <laughs> There's no way that's true. That's insane. No like, one... No. <laughs> oh yeah, after season seven, now we've got Andrew? Are you fucking kidding? Like, they never managed to make a Faith spinoff. Or a Giles spinoff? Right, and like, Faith is very engaging. <laughs> and like, not that... No shade to Tom Lang, you know? But, but what, what does that show look like? I don't know. Overall, I give this episode an 8 out of 10. What? Which in my ratings book is awesome. 8? Yeah. Teeks. Teeks. What is you the admin. system? What is the system? Oh. Michaela, what do we got coming up next time on Bubble Buffy? Next time. Next episode is called Lies My Parents Told Me. Now, I'm going to read you the IMDb description <laughs> for okay. this episode. Robin Wood seeks revenge on Spike for right. killing his mother nearly 30 years ago, whilst everyone else tries to find out how the first has control over him. I was going to be like, Buffy gets mad at Giles? That's all I remember. But now I remember more of it. I really I know like why she gets mad at Giles. That this sentence makes it pretty unclear who the first has control over. Mm. By having Robin Wood and Spike in the first half and then saying control over him. Because mm. it really makes it sound like it could be Robin Wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poorly, sort of is. Poorly written. In a sense. Yeah. Not like in the sense of a trigger. No. <laughs> which is what they're really referencing. It's true. Oh, I remember this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember more and more of it. Yeah. Get some Spike backstory. Yeah, and we get to see everyone's mommy issues. <laughs> everyone's mommy issues. <laughs> oh, that sounds <laughs> like it'll be a great time. It will be. We are I think we had a were great time. looking forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to editing it in the near future. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, until next time, our listeners can always reach out to us via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. The pictures will be up on Facebook, including our amazing trivia mm -hmm. get. And you can find us on Untapped, a social network for beer enthusiasts. I'm on there at Cider Only, please, Michaela. I'm on there at Beer Bad. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> and until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the, the Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hellmouth? Hellmouth.